right, this is Hyperborean Radio coming at you out of the wasteland. Take number, I think we're on four, three, two, I don't know. One of them. We're on take something or other. Yes, we've already done this a couple times, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get it right this time. Yes. So, uh, I'm Celtic God, with me is the Lord Keeper. Hello all you dirty heathens out there, welcome to the show. Yes, this is the show where approximately, on average, for over the last few weeks... Only 53% of the people are tough enough for Hyperborean Radio. Are you part of that 53%? Are Let's you? find out. Are you? Are you? <laughs> anyway. No pressure. No pressure at all. None. <clears throat> so, today's topic, I'll let you kind of run over it, what it is that we're going to be doing and talking about. So, one of the things we emphasize a lot on Hyperborean Radio is that we're ethnic faith practitioners. We are focused on ethnic faith, and what's and the core of ethnic faith is the people. And this comes with its own kind of way of looking at the world. And one of those things is when you're looking around at the world, which in our area, like most areas, there's a lot of issues. There's a lot of things where you just kind of stand and stare at it, and you're like, you know, there's so many ways this could very easily be done better. And it's like every single time the option was thrown out there, people like, Picked the wrong option. Took took the worst the the worst of the two choices or three choices. And yeah, and it, it's 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 involves not just our people but also the environment. So animals. Yes. Because like one of the things that people are doing nowadays is talking about how people need to stay away from animals. But our people have always been cool with animals. There's mm-hmm. animals that people consider completely and utterly wild that we used to keep as friends. They label them pets, but they're not domesticated at all like magpies we used to keep magpies and we still kind of do every once in a while someone pops out of out on the internet or you hear about somebody who's right, got a and magpie. It's a wild bird it just yeah. shows up all the time it's a friend that's what we do there are domesticated animals but a lot of animals we just make friends like the guy that had a bear as his best man mm-hmm. it's just a thing we do and the world is being built in such a way that kind of is i want to say very anti-human it almost treats like we need to be corralled and sort of chained in carrot and stick methodology. So what we do is um, we like to play this game where we walk around and without with changing as little as possible, making the biggest impact, what would make the biggest impact? It's a mental game that we play and it's fun. And we're going to start from simple. This is our idea. And yes, there's, there's going to be, blocks to actually doing it legal uh policies um even some social blocks yeah but we're we're gonna pretend that these blocks aren't in place and what could actually be done and really ultimately those think those blocks could eventually be shifted but we're going to start out with the simplest changes and then work all the way up to basically magic wand so that is the the legal disclaimer for this episode is yes we are aware that there are legal private policy of like businesses and whatnot and social blocks to what it is that we're talking about but it is actually physically possible actually everything even when once we get up to the magic wand stuff none of what we're talking about is going to require new technology it's not going to require science fiction it's not going to require literal magic wands like bibbity bobbity boo we don't know fairy godmother stuff here right I think what we probably should start with is something really, really simple, which is more trees. Yes. 
that that's what everyone goes to. It often gets lumped in with greenwashing, and it can be because if you're just like, well, if we just had more trees, and you, people start like making like in that terrible Doctor Strange movie, they got like trees growing on ledges, and it's like this this wouldn't work. Who not the way that not the way that it's done there. No. And I've seen a lot of depictions, and it wouldn't work because the building simply isn't designed for it. But that doesn't mean that the buildings couldn't be designed for it. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes. Uh, with the trees, would actually accomplish many things because we like to go for walks and whatnot. And one of the, the places that we think trees should be planted is between the road and the walkways. There's multiple bonuses to this. It cuts down on traffic noise. It absorbs some of the CO2. Well, just the emissions, even if you're yeah. not like the CO2 is bad. It's just right. the car emissions because everyone can acknowledge that the exhaust fumes are causing health right. problems. It, it creates a physical bar- barrier. It's It, it cancel- wouldn't reduce accidents, but it would reduce accidents of cars hitting people hitting people on the sidewalk and or running into buildings it at least slow the vehicle there's down. an increase in privacy there's an increase in noise yeah it, noise pollution goes down there's well, all kinds of benefits water to just planting pl- more trees between the sidewalk and the road floods go down water quality goes up soil yes. retention goes up the global warming, oh my goodness. Oh, wait, they don't call it global warming anymore. Now they call it climate change. That way if things get It would actually encourage a climate change, but what it would do is bring the temperature down. Yes. Which trees were being planted like crazy and allowed to plant, and then the, the climate change alarmists then immediately called to start cutting down trees because it was cooling the planet down too much. <laughs> they want it to be a perfect 70 degrees Fahrenheit. What they want is basically right. to be an air-conditioned... Uh, Air, te- uh, climate controlled. They want yes. the whole planet to be t- climate controlled. Right. But it would actually drop temperatures in the summer, but it would also uh, allow for warmer winters, like less wind chill. Less wind chill, but the snow might still be fine because... Oh, yeah, there wh- would still be snow. I mean, go check out northern Colorado or extreme uh, the UP in Michigan. Trees all over the place, feet of snow. Well, but it's a different kind of cold versus when you got 80 mile an hour winds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The plains are freaking cold because there's nothing to cut the wind chill. Right. And here, here's the thing is because of the water retention, you have more water staying in the environment, mm-hmm. which also increases uh, the water that goes into the sky, which creates more weather patterns right. like that. Right. Well, and we do have the technology now because another one that I talked about talk about quite frequently is all the power lines everywhere. And a lot of cities, the the urban areas, are actually starting to put power lines under underground because it's 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 better, it's safer for the lines. You don't have to do all uh, quite as much upkeep and maintenance. They're not nearly as dangerous, so on and so forth. But just taking doing something, and I say simple loosely, as taking the power lines and putting them underground, and that would eliminate a lot of issues, especially if you combine it with more trees. Because well, where would the birds perch? On the trees that we planted. Yeah. And they could actually nest in there too. And it would actually cut down on power outages as well. And and random power drains. And having to cut the trees. Because that actually ties into that one. Because a lot of the reason that trees get cut down is they start going into power lines. Yeah. Like there's trees that uh, were very actually pretty in our area. And they started trimming them for power lines. Mm -hmm. But part of the issue is they'll cut the branches off of one half. Which just to kind of compare that. Imagine cutting your arm and your leg off of one side 
Because that's yeah, you get a little heavy on on the other side. You get a little wibbly wobbly. Right. You're probably falling on the side with the remaining good arm. Right. Well, because trees, part of how they stay upright is they balance. So you start cutting off big sections of it or a whole bunch of small things on one side, the, the weight shifts. And, yes, I'm aware of, of issues with um, with roots and things that's underground. But they have, we do, or we have developed the piping systems where that is not as much of an issue anymore. Uh, really, the biggest, the biggest problem tree wise is willow trees and that's with water lines well yeah all you do with willow trees is you just don't plant them where you have water lines because yeah. everyone likes willow trees yeah. the only thing people don't like about willow trees is they love getting in water well pipes. and if you have too wet of an area you plant a couple willow trees they suck the water right up yes it's an it's an old country trick like why is this one tr willow tree right out in the middle of that old farm field well they planted the willow tree to suck up the standing water on yeah. the field lots less lots of less mosquitoes yes which and this is partly what what is so important about trying to plan things with people in mind is like people are starting to recognize like vaccines for instance mm -hmm. are they're not quite as effective or they useful. are not what we was told that they are not even close and on top of that mm -hmm. you can actually track when the vaccines are introduced with you know like sewage system improvement and mass which, immigrations or so which one uh so why are they giving the vaccines and then what actually stopped a lot of these illnesses could it be the fact that with better plumbing we just didn't have as much well and there still are outbreaks but the outbreaks tend not to be at the targeted uh, okay for instance hyperboreans get smallpox because in america we still have smallpox outbreaks and then they track it back to this young hyperborean boy that ended up getting smallpox but he never actually got sick from it but all of the non-hyperboreans around him did get sick we, the, a lot of these things they didn't really dramatically affect us that we're that we're vaccinated for and the same thing in other countries and the ones with, that, with other peoples because they have their own vaccines oh yeah well there's like the most notable one that people know that really actually took a toll on us was the Black Plague. But every mm -hmm. time it came back, it got less and less bad because the people that survived had mm -hmm. a more natural. And there's outbreaks it. of that in California all the time. And half the people that end up getting it, uh, that's hyperborean, don't know that they're getting it. Like if you look, but there was like 50 deaths. Yes, look up who died. It, yeah. It's it's a matter of public record. So you can actually look up who died. Well, and, and you'll see that it wasn't us. Uh, the last one that I, I looked up, I think it was last year, one Hyperborean got got ill from it, and she was in the hospital for, I think, uh, three days just for observation. She was actually already over it by the time that she went there. And, yes, unfortunately for the other people, uh, they didn't fare so well. Yep, and this is the other thing is when we say – designing it for people we are prioritizing and specifically mean our people yeah the hyperboreans because like more trees that would actually improve the mental health of our people yes but for ameriblacks for instance they've tried to like they, they've tried doing it and then they go and rip out the trees and it's not going to cross the board because like most uh blended chimera races yeah that's have, that's kind of like it, it depends on which ones Yes, because some of them will actually just straight up start like gardens and stuff, and yeah. others not so much. But in general, sort of back to how these things can repair, that's just kind of another disclaimer out there. First, you have the putting the power lines underneath and planting more trees. 
Another thing that could be a very simple improvement would be more more grocery stores, like easier to access. Mm -hmm. And the solution we came to that would be the easiest is... Basically to encourage people to walk. Yes, because it would encourage people to walk. And simply put, a lot of people don't really want to drive to the grocery store. Yeah, it's who, a pain in the butt. Nobody likes parking. But well, And if you could walk there in 10 minutes, which most people in urban environments live like a 10-minute walk from a gas station. If you could walk there in 10 minutes every day and just get a bag or two small bags of groceries and then walk back home, more people would do it. Well, yeah. And we're not saying get rid of supermarkets because why? Well, the it's just offer more competition to the supermarkets. Well, and some of the supermarkets, because there are supermarkets that do this, they'll buy gas stations and they're like mini stores. Mm -hmm. So all we're saying is that makes sense. Yes. Like why do gas stations have four aisles of junk food and like uh, one shelf of actual right. food. And, and no laws would have to be passed to make this a thing. What you do is you encourage. You encourage by tax get, breaks, giving them like tax that. breaks would be the, the easiest way to do it. Is you just give them a tax break for having X amount of groceries. A uh, percentage of their floor space is actual groceries, like staple food, not like, oh, well, we have one basket of bananas and oranges, but because we're convenience slash gas station they have a tendency to rot well if it's a a um a staple grocery store that happens to have gas it's all in where you put your um your emphasis more gas stations would start doing it because they would start getting more business specifically for doing that so then why wouldn't they do it and most gas stations don't make don't make fuck all off from the gas anyways yeah they make it off of what's in the store so really if you can buy, you know, your $100 groceries for, like, your basic necessities, maybe a little yeah, more. Yeah, they would get a bigger profit out yeah. of that. And they would much rather you do that. Well, and the better part, the nice part is, is you can also get your cigarettes and stuff there. Because a lot yeah. of people will go there just for cigarettes. Now you can go there for your cigarettes. and Cigarettes, I beer, and lettuce because you need lettuce at home. Yeah, the, just the basic vegetables because yeah. most gas stations are small. But here's the basic fact is there's, like... Well, and even if they didn't carry vegetables, if you had to go to the supermarket for the vegetables, but you could get, uh, I don't know, noodles and milk. canned food and milk and eggs, uh, bread, you know, all your real super basic staple foods at the gas or at the new grocery store that happens to have a gas station attached to it. Why wouldn't you do it? Because you have to go there anyways. Well, and there is actually one gas station. It's not within walking distance, but there is a gas station in our area that actually kind of fits this bill. It's the. Mm -hmm. Well, I've actually seen a couple gas stations that do it. They're small, small town gas stations, but they are grocery stores that happen to have gas and they do pretty all right. And you could argue, well, it's because they're in a rural area. Well, there's grocery stores in a rural area, too. Well, and but people are choosing to go there. Well, and another thing that people don't understand is that most cities are actually set up like a bunch of small towns that have all been jammed together. Mm -hmm. Like if you segment out, like one good example of this is actually... Well, most cities are effectively uh, a, a city surrounded by a massive suburb, which the suburbs are divided up into... They're like a bunch of small towns that grew into each other, like you said. Well, and some of them literally are small towns. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they, they weren't suburbs originally. They became suburbs when they got absorbed by the bigger city. One actually big example of this is New York City because it was actually several cities originally, mm -hmm. and then it all fused together. That's what the boroughs are, I think. Yeah, I that's what the boroughs are. Well, and here's the thing is one of the, the major... 
and it's it's easy enough to look up. I mean, shit, just look at um, at like Google Earth over a span of years. A major impact is urban sprawl. Part of the problem with urban sprawl is the trees are getting cut down, and then people are having to cut their grass short. And short grass dries out. Everybody knows this. If you if you've ever seen grass that's cut short in the summertime, it almost always turns brown unless you're just dumping a lot of of grass uh, of water on it so rather than most of the places i've been three inches is as long as you're allowed to have your grass if it hits six inches you're you're you get a warning and then anything longer than that if you don't hurry up and cut it the city's going to come along and cut it and then find the shit out of you for it so instead flip this around and make it to where three inches is the shortest that you can have your grass the soil will actually retain more water and then our water tables are, are protected because currently right now, and I forget what state it is, Hoover Dam, anyways, Lake Mead, it's running dry. It's going down feet a day. Uh, I forget if that's Nevada. I think it's Nevada or Arizona. I forget yeah, I, which. Uh, I believe it feeds uh, Las Vegas. So that would be probably Nevada. Yeah, and this is one of the issues. And why is it running dry? Well, it's easy to say, well, it's the urban sprawl and the, the increased population there. Yes, but it's also how many how, how many forests are there? There it used to all be grasslands. Yes, most grasslands of, and the grasslands is more than just grass. It's uh, some of them were like swamps, basically. Like most of the southwest was actually like some mm-hmm. swamps and some grasslands. That's why so many grasslands animals and there was there. scattered trees everywhere. So it wasn't quite a forest, but it also wasn't what people think of as a grassland. It was scrubland, basically. Yeah, scrubland, and that's that's how animals were able to live because people are like. How the heck are like pronghorns and bison and elk living in a freaking desert? Mm-hmm. Like these are, or, or a bighorn sheep. Yeah. How did there used to be bison here everywhere? Well, well that, it's because it used to be grasslands or shrublands, what, whichever one that you want to call it. But there was plant life everywhere, which retained water in the soil, which allowed the aquifers to remain full, which so on. It's, it's a domino effect. Well, and the simple fact that a lot of people don't know is, most desert adapted species are basically grassland adapted species that were pushed to the extreme. So they're existing in a, they're merely existing in a desert much as we exist in urban areas. Uh, there's so many basic things that could be done before even getting into really changing things. Oh yeah. Um well, I think the the next thing after the grass is like the vegetable gardens, but just to kind of stick on the grass for a sec. Longer grass and Stop encouraging people to literally just grow grass because grass is the least edible thing. Right. That, unless there's but something poisonous. But let it go to seed because birds, animals, they R- eat the, raccoons, the grass seeds. Opossums. We can eat grass seeds. Yes. If you let it get big enough, wheat is just a very well-developed grass. Yeah. I've shown you some um, some wild grass around here where the seeds get big enough. It's easy to mistake it for wheat. Yes. It, it's... It's not that hard to make another wheat species, really. Yes. Or barley or rye or whatever yeah, you end up with. Barley, rye, wheat, all of these are just species of, of grass. They've just been, well, we've selectively bred them, kind of, to create these these plants. But it all comes from grass. And that's another thing. There's many different types of grass. But then you also have plantains and nettle and all these Clover, other things. Clover, et cetera, et cetera. Clover and... Here's the thing. Most animals don't eat the grass. They eat the clover. They eat the dandelions. Right. You are actually better off having a field of dandelions than a field of, of short grass. Yes. 
because the fee- and then a lot of animals can live there. Uh, bugs. And here's the thing: is people well, are like, and so long as people aren't poisoning the dandelions, they're edible to us. Yes, that's uh, like, oh, I've actually had arguments with people about this about dandelion greens. And they're like, oh, no, these are special dandelions. I'm like, they are the same dandelions that grow in your yard, except for they haven't been poisoned and they're allowed to grow. Well, and that's it. That's the only difference. Well, and that's the thing is if you just let it grow, you'll actually end up with more things. And you might accidentally end up with something you actually want to keep and grow. That's how a lot of people started growing edible right. plants in the first place. Like if you accidentally end up with some choke cherries or. Uh, well, And we're also not saying everybody would have to do this. But people should be allowed to do this. That's if the thing. somebody wants to keep their grass short, we ask that you keep it at least three inches long, and you can mow it three inches long every day if you want. Well, and I but think somebody else that doesn't want to cut their grass at all shouldn't have to. Well, and if I remember correctly, most lawnmowers can actually be set at a higher size than yes. What you have at. to intentionally drop them down to scalp, and I've seen people actually modify their their lawnmowers because they don't like mowing the lawn. They drop it down so they're literally scalping the earth. Which just defeats the entire purpose. At that uh, point, yeah. you might as well have concrete. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of concrete. Yes. Uh, most of what's out there is blacktop and cement, which is garbage. Well, the the walkways, honestly, I would suggest that we rip up the sidewalks and replace them with walking paths, whether that's dirt, wood chips, or gravel, or some combination. Or of, even, like we said, grass. Yeah. Because actually, or grass and then just let the... Uh, let this the is not- the walk. The, this is the the footpath or bike path, and then people will just walk a path into it. Well, and unless you're using a road bike, you can actually bike on grass because yeah. it's not that hard. Well, you you can't even with a road bike. All you gotta do is just know work what you're a little doing. harder. Well, um, and this but, I- but rip up the um, the blacktop and put concrete back down, which is what America used to have, and so far as I know, Europe did too. Concrete everywhere for the roads. Because you don't have to one, there's you're not you don't have all the petroleum runoff. There's a lot of petroleum used in blacktop, as well as other things. And there's runoff that gets into the water table, et cetera, et cetera. But then, then if you use concrete, you don't have to do this constant maintenance and and uh, replacement, and you don't have all the runoff because concrete is really durable. Yes, that's why there's still roads from 2,000 years ago that exist in Europe built by Mm -hmm. the Romans or Gauls. And this is another thing is it's one of those things where between two choices where they could pay once more for concrete and actually have something that lasts. For, say, 200 years. Yes. Even if every 200 years you had to replace it. It would cost less than constantly doing this. And, yes, there are social and, well, there's jobs involved. But constantly doing this is causing not only environmental problems, but there's more crashes, cars wear out faster. Well, and really there's other things that we could be having the people do, but that gets into a larger picture, which doesn't really have anything to do with what we're talking about now, but it is a good idea for us to talk about later. Yes, this will probably be the first in a series of stuff like this. Yeah, I mean, we rarely talk about anything in a bubble. Yes, and that actually brings me to neighborhoods. Because we actually talked about this. Like, let's say you have a block neighborhood of nine houses, mm-hmm. nine houses, eight houses, whatever. And right now, the sidewalks, if you have a sidewalk, are on the edge. 
between the house and the road. Yes, and usually there's some land that you're not you don't actually own, but you have to take care of, or you'll get fined. On yeah, the- I don't even know what that strip is called, but most people that um, it's the have been forced to mow it know exactly what we're talking about. It belongs to the city, so you can't do anything with it, but you have to maintain it, otherwise you catch a fine. Yeah, I I usually just call it the curb or something. I think it's called an easement, but I'm not sure. And effectively, it's nonsensical. If you took the houses and you oriented them slightly differently and you turned the sidewalk from going all around to actually cutting through the middle, yeah, that's it works well. And how do you get people to agree to that? This will tear out the sidewalk and then everything that easement that we've been forcing you to take care of that you never technically owned, it's yours now. Yeah. And then everyone gets actually potentially more land. Yeah, you'd end up with more. Everybody would end up with a few feet more. And then that sidewalk crosses through the middle. You can even have a commons area in the middle, like a small park or a sitting area. Give people garden. Give people that own the buildings tax breaks for every tree that they have on their property. Yeah. Uh, so you have all this. And then if the, the front, nobody wants to spend time in their front yards because there's no privacy. No privacy. And then you got have all the traffic and people walking by, so on and so forth. Whereas if you do it that way. The sidewalk, you basically put it just flipping the, the idea around. Yes. So the front yards actually face inwards towards the sidewalk. So now you're facing your neighbors. You're not facing a busy Let's street. Let's call it a walking path because we don't want sidewalks. No, we want Footpaths. a walking path. And that walking path with the houses facing each other, more trees. Everybody's got vegetable gardens that they can grow for their own food. So they don't actually have to completely rely on things because mm-hmm. there's a limit to how big vegetable gardens can get right now. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of policies in place where... You can't actually plant enough, and it seems to be by plants, at least here. It's by the number of food plants. Like, you can rip your whole yard up and put decorative plants, but you can only have so many food plants, which is not enough to feed you or your family. Let's do away with that and make it to where you actually can. Well, there's some areas that have actually, i guessing the laws are pretty loose, but they have a permaculture food forest in their backyard. Yeah. They have, like, pawpaw plants either that or they're breaking the law chickens well if they're breaking the law i tip my hat to them yes i I would not tell on them well and that brings me to another thing is along with this reorientation of the neighborhood so now everybody's facing inward so they can see each other you still have facing each other yeah so they're actually more likely to interact you have the walking path but here's the thing is you're going to get fewer people down that walking path but it's also for it's also straight well then what about the corners well then just build at the edge of one area, the walking path can split into two, and you can have, you know, right. crossing well, areas. What what we could do is walking paths down the the main road, and then for your neighborhoods, because there's sidewalks down every street in most neighborhoods. It's those ones there where we create the shortcuts by walking between the buildings rather than down the streets. Yes, because that just adds time it's the same reason uh walking paths get used in like small cities and towns is you end up making shortcuts right well the cities are smart enough to let's say build but usually all they did all they do is take the footpaths that everybody's already using as shortcuts and then just designate them as as uh shortcuts that they can get money for maintaining them but yeah make the footpaths so that basically you're taking shortcuts everywhere then there's also something called edible landscaping, which is just a buzzword for plant things you can actually eat. Right. And that, uh, like around where we live, there's a bunch of mulberry trees. Mm-hmm. Those, I just grab a bunch of berries when I walk past. 
Well, and then um, more urban areas allow people to, from the city areas, I guess, allow people to, um, yes, allow people to forage. We have, um, there's like nature parks in a lot of urban areas allow people to forge from the from the nature parks to take the dead wood, the, the limbs that hit the ground, allow them to actually take them out because there's a lot of these places that will find people for doing that. Allow people to just take it. But see, we got we have to find people because people will just start taking stuff if we don't allow it. And then what will Bob do that maintains the park? Well, there's so many dead limbs hitting the ground is now a fire hazard. Allow people to take out the, the dead wood. Well, and there is a balanced way of doing this. And really, I don't I never like pe- making people do something. I, yeah. I usually prefer making either people do things never works out well. I usually prefer giving people the option and creating uh, so uh, not creating, but reintroducing normal social cohesion because like really there shouldn't have to be a law in the southern united states that you can't take moss from trees right because there's a bunch of moss it gets used in various folk magic whatever or uh, art or art and the rule is you can't take it from the tree directly it has to get blown off in a storm so everyone scrambles out after the storm and gets as much moss as they can because it's a very specific moss right I get rules like this. I understand and, it because I don't want urban areas. However, if the thing is already dead, then where's the issue? Yeah. And in Michigan, where where we live at, unfortunately, that's actually a thing. You have to get a license to pick up a dead branch, which is absolutely moronic. Yeah, we make fun of the English about do you have a license for that butter knife, but here we you got- have a license for that dead branch. Uh, that's asinine. It's completely asinine. It is. It's like, um, but let's stay on the positive side. Yes, let's, let's stay on the positive. Because this is supposed to be fun. And on the basically because we're thinking of the people first, that's what all these decisions we've talked about lead to people being able to be more independent, people mm-hmm. having better communities, people having better health. There being more environment because by planting more trees and having areas more oriented towards the people and allowing them more free reign to actually let their spaces go wild or develop them into forests or whatever. Well, and here's an interesting concept. Uh, Cars, because we haven't mentioned cars or roads. We are not talking about taking taking away anybody's cars, but imagine if everybody just chose to walk because everything was within walking distance including where you work, because there's no reason that society couldn't be set up that way. If you have less cars, you need less roads. Yes, precisely. And you can actually make things more walkable because streets actually used to be for people. Yeah. Uh, The cars got introduced later, and then they started the whole jaywalking thing. Yes. Yeah, because they didn't care when it was horses and buggies. If you got run over by a horse and buggy, shame on you and shame on the guy that hit you. But when it came to cars, oh, no, no, this isn't cool. Yeah. It, uh, well, and it was in the beginning when jaywalking first became a thing, believe it or not, it was because people would fuck up the cars, not because the cars was fucking up people. That's hilarious, <laughs> especially because jay actually is a insult. It's yeah. an insult word. Um, look it up. It, it meant stupid walking stupidly. Walking stupidly. It, it supposedly translates to something like dirty hillbilly or yeah. basically a bunch of negative stereotypes. Oh, and another thing that would actually end up happening with more all of these things we've talked about up till now is you would have more animals. 
because there'd be more areas for birds to nest. There'd well, be more areas for raccoons. Making people to nest. scared of animals for one, because currently, right now in the news, it's like every third article is about animals are evil. Animals spread disease. It's yeah. like I, we had a neighbor. She was so freaked out. There was a, a deer near where we were living. She's like, "There's a bear over there. Do you know how to get rid of it?" And I'm like, I just look at her like, "Yeah." I walk over and I, I just clap my hands and like get because it wasn't a bear. It was a deer. It was a white tailed deer. It didn't even have antlers. <laughs> and that's another thing is uh, it's not all city people, but they're so removed from nature. They don't realize what an animal is like. Mm-hmm. It was just a big animal. So they thought it big was a brown bear. animal. So it must be a bear because I'm scared. But uh, there, there's other things too, like elevated roads that could be done. I mean, we already have them. It would depend on a lot of circumstances on what you did with the roads. The roads could be left the way that they are, or they could eventually be phased, phased down, not out. Because one of the issues is America, and sorry, Europeans, much of it, Europe is actually designed around the vehicle now. The only areas that is designed around walking is the oldest of the neighborhoods, and they're, I've I've, I've seen it. They're redesigning a lot of these old cities to be car friendly rather than people friendly. Which is notice some of your building, your historic buildings are disappearing. Well, that's like in uh, America, we do have wa- cities that are typically walkable, but they're the really old ones, like Philadelphia, and right? Stuff and like they're that. restructuring those to make them not walkable. Well, they're also. Not to get too political, but they're literally trying to tear down monuments, so whatever. But that's one of the things is, why are we designing anything without people first? It's like my, uh, there's this whole thing of, how are people going to adapt to computers? Why do we need to? The the computer is a tool for people to use. If it's getting to the point where we have to literally evolve... To work with computers better, something is wrong. Well, it's it's why people like myself. I'll admit I'm a little bit anti-technology. It's not because I dislike things. Like if I, if someone loses their arm in an accident and you can replace it with a Star Wars arm, which we're nearly there. A Star Wars arm, or fuck, if you can regrow one. Freaking uh, Nuada of the Silver Arm got his arm back. Yeah. Let's say what. Let's say we actually invent that and you can actually make a flesh and blood arm. Right. I don't want. It's to- not a problem so long as the person comes first but when profit comes first the problem right now is that if someone say invented the ability to make someone a new kidney so that they wouldn't have to die from i don't know efficiency basically is the word i was digging oh efficiency what the human arm is not very efficient so we're going to cut it off and then give you this this claw that can spin around 380 degrees um at 200 miles an hour and yeah uh, if you're putting profit or efficiency efficiency or, first, uh, you're being overly pragmatic. Uh, there's an issue. The human needs to come first. The human, and simply put, humans, we're not logical creatures. We're, no. we're emotional creatures. That's why we need emotional and social connection. And if that was something that I could view as positive, but a lot of people uh, would probably agree with me if I said this kind of technology would lead to something like Repo Man. Which mm-hmm. is this whole store? It's this right. whole. But again, that's a completely different topic. But mainly, we straight a little bit. Yes, but mainly the people must come first. Whatever right. you design. So let's talk about energy consumption for cleaning water, the the sewage. Currently, right now, most sewage plants are they obviously pull out the solids. But what I'm talking about is the gray water is what it's called. 
and it's done horizontally instead of vertically. And it, it honestly, it's a massive waste of energy because they they do this by running these huge water pumps. Well, it's also a complete waste of space because yes. it's, it's a in- complete waste of space when we could take that same energy. Let's say the the energy pump or the water pump would require the same amount of energy. Let's just consider space. If we was to pump it up, um, how high is most skyscrapers? A hundred stories. Yeah. A hundred stories times 12 feet. That's what? 1200 feet. Pump it up 1200 feet and then run it down through. Let's, let's actually use a skyscraper because it's just water. It's gray water. That's making it up there. Oh, that's that stink. Well, it can be a contained unit until it gets down so many store stories to where the gray water has been filtered using like one of those Roman uh, filtering systems. No, not an aqueduct, a filtering system. Okay. Where it goes through gravel, through dirt, through charcoal, through sand, so on and so forth. And it filters out all the particulates. Once it gets down so far, yeah, the the water's not going to stink anymore. And you keep running that and then that can be open. But then you keep running it through various natural filtering systems until it hits the bottom. And by the time it hits the bottom, you have fresh water. Fresh water that you could actually go up and scoop up and drink and probably skip putting all the extra chemicals in, into it. Well, and that's... How much space does that save? Especially for a city where you have, say, 100, uh, 100 uh, skyscrapers. 100 skyscrapers where you with 100 water filtering systems how much water does that filter a lot well and then probably the entire city's worth well and then if you need to you could always do something like uh, i think you said it was in iceland or something like that but there's like the the basically yeah that's kind of a cross between a horizontal and a vertical but it creates basically natural ponds and that actually brings me to another thing which is people keep reinventing stuff we already have yes like natural pond like a natural pool it's cleaned by having water plants around the outside no chlorine needed i'm like you invented a pond yes you reinvented the pond and and then you gave it an overflow waterfall to go into your next pond which does the same thing which cleans the water more and uh, so you reinvented nature congratulations that's one of the things that's really confusing to me is we've kept moving further and further away from nature like and, Our, and as we technologically advance, we're finding out nature is way smarter. more advanced than us. Yes. Well, like, for instance, psychologically, living in a box is very, very bad for people. Like, mm-hmm. uh, there are, like, Anthony Gaudi, who is a Barcelona architect, he used fractal patterns when he designed stuff. And it gets this weird effect of, uh, like, part like you're in an old forest mm-hmm. and another part like you're in caverns, which are more natural areas. If you designed the interior even loosely off of that and tried to base it more off of natural shapes, mental health would probably take a massive improvement. Well, like for most residential areas, people could have their box house if they wanted, but give them a tax break if they make a hobbit home. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's uh, uh, There's so many benefits to a house like that. You have heating, cooling. Um, let me see. There's more green space because now you have green green on your roof whether it's grass flowers whatever on the top it's more area for the kids to play you can actually design windows uh half barrel windows is why i believe that they're called so that you can have all the sunshine that you want plus we have electric lights and most people 
used end up using electric lights anyways a lot. So we aren't down any anything. We're actually it's a net gain. And apartment buildings, most apartment buildings could be built the same way, except for instead just as one single mound, it could be concentric ring style, or there's other versions, both historical and in um, the Lord of the Rings. Lord films. of the Rings movie, there's a scene where there's several several Hobbit homes built together into a single mound. Oh yeah, everyone forgets that the Bagginses are loaded before he goes and gets gold from the dragon. Oh yeah, he was already loaded. That's why he has such a nice uh, Hobbit home. But why why couldn't apartment buildings be set up that way for your smaller ones that's uh, made of? Uh, I think they used to be condos. But all you gotta do is just retrain the mind where the door that goes outside is your front door, and the one that's on the inside is no longer your front door. That's your back door, which really makes a lot more sense for mm-hmm. an apartment building. I and of course, even, that'd be smaller apartment buildings, not the big ones like in Chicago or New York. Well, I wasn't even going that far. I was going with uh, more along the lines of just traditional inside of houses because they always depict the inside mm-hmm. of our houses like they were this depressing hellhole. No. If you look at the really old house. No, they were fairly cozy if you've ever been in an older house. And then like just something simple, like say we have you have a kitchen and kitchens are usually all straight lines for obvious reasons. What if you just kind of didn't do straight lines? What if yeah. you started using more circular lines? Like this is a ridiculous and it would probably drive any carpenters insane. But like, let's say that instead of square cabinets, you had cabinets built like a honeycomb or mm-hmm. co- or like, say you had your entire cabinet built like. Well, actually, stuff like that would be easier because I've worked on that end of things. Things that aren't squares easier actually to work with. Well, OK, because the, the reality is, is. All of your square lines have a tendency not to actually be square. They're very little in a house or an apartment or whatever is actually square. And then the carpenter has to figure out how to take the square thing, put it into a crooked corner, and make it look square. <laughs> well, I mean, which is a lot of jiggering. Living things in general, they abhor straight lines. It's like uh, beehives. Beehives. Mm-hmm aren't traditionally supposed to be square those are fairly modern and it's causing a bunch of health problems for bees or um there's there's beehives where they actually become suicidal and i think it literally has to do with the shape of the hives well and here's a here's an interesting thing i heard this from a friend he went to some small town in the southwest and someone just literally had a beehive not in their yard in their kitchen like the bees freaking lived with them yeah and they, they were fine with it. They just had a beehive in their kitchen mm-hmm. and they could get honey whenever they wanted. It was or like you had a when you lived in the UP, you knew somebody whose entire inside of his house yeah, was, it was a beehive. Yeah, no. not not like the living room, but like the literal inside it was of the like walls. in the attic in it, the attic. It, yeah, it was in the attic and he actually cut sections away so he could pull it out, collect some honey and then he just puts that that he put that section back up. And unfortunately, when he died and he willed his house to his kids, they they tried to sell it. Okay, fair enough, I guess. But then they couldn't sell it because of the beehive, so they burnt it down. Talk about a scorched arts policy. Yes. Oh, those poor bees. But well, and it was more than one hive. For that many, it had oh, to be there had more to be than multiples, multiples. And here's the thing is... But, and you wouldn't know it. Like I had no idea. Oh yeah, it's not. It was. was it's not noisy or anything. And here's the thing: free honey, free beeswax. They got more than they could possibly use. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of how our people work. 
we work fairly well with animals, not against them. Well, we can. We can. There's We've been trained to work against them well, well, we, as if nature is the enemy, but nature is not the enemy. Well, I mean, there's people that, like I brought up the guy that has a bear as a best man or, you know, there's many different examples. Mm-hmm. The people that like us, for instance, we don't have like super best friend animals but we have squirrels that live near us sparrows that live near us shrews chipmunks right. and why because we don't drive them away and we're kind of just we, we actually talk to them that's that's a bit yeah. woo woo but like i'll say hello mr sparrow right well and there, there's other things too like well the hellscape of the high density city i agree it's a hellscape it doesn't need to be that way we have the technology and, and the reason why you can't just plant trees on skyscrapers, for instance, is because the building was not built to support that. It will break the building. Well, and then you have however, to- if you build the buildings with the intention of supporting that weight, you can do it. We might not have thousand story buildings, but they can be built to withstand the weight and design them after trees. Trees do really good at standing upright. Well, I mean, you could even build, like you brought up the Hobbit homes. What's to stop a man-made hill? Like a, a man-made hill that's actually just huge because there's some really, really big hills. Like mm-hmm. people start classifying them as mountains even though they're just a hill. Right. Yeah, because if you have your lower buildings that's built more like mounds and your taller buildings that's built like trees, well, these two things work together in supporting each other. But some of the... Let's go with some historic skyscrapers like... Well, you're saying that we should tear down the Empire State Building. Nope, nope. What I'm saying is build a building around around the Empire State Building, like a hollow tree built around the Empire State Building. We could still use the, the, the central, okay, for the waterfall aspect. Uh, and we put decide to put one in, in the Empire State Building. There's multiple elevators multiple elevators in there take out one set of elevators because they have to work in sets but i know that there's at least four elevators in the empire state building so you take out one set because an elevator again it has to have a partner it's the way that they function otherwise they're not safe well then you have two columns right down the right down the middle of the empire state building where we could have our water filtration system and build basically a hollow tree around the outside of the Empire State Building. You maintain the historical building. You've prettied it up and uh, ionized air from the... Once the water gets down far enough, the the water begins to ionize the air. That has a positive emotional impact on humans. But now there's all kinds of different things that can be done without getting rid of a historic building. Well, and you brought up the ionizing... Of the uh, of wa- the ionizing air from water. Mm-hmm. That's why like rivers and waterfalls have a positive psychological effect. Well, that's why they sell those little waterfalls for your house. Oh yeah, I forgot about those. Yeah, the well, the meditation waterfall. Well, and a lot of times people will redirect rivers, which causes all sorts of problems. Mm-hmm. Why not just use the river? Like yeah. actually use it as a highway. Like there's whole parts of the Netherlands and uh, Denmark that. Pretty much it's like a Venice of the North. Yeah. Uh, if you work with the environment instead of fighting it constantly, you have a lot fewer problems. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and that's not saying that we can't alter it a little bit. 
But if it can be worked with in any way, shape, or form, we should try and work with it. It will make everything so much better. Well, and nature is very resilient because, like, bringing up food again. Mm -hmm. There's usually a lot of rivers and ponds and stuff. Like, when you were in the UP, there was uh, some fishing vessels that were banned from uh, uh, fishing near the edges basically oh. and actually you're talking about the the fishing freighters that was fishing in the inlets which is illegal yeah that, and, that is illegal but and, they but they do it anyways but basically they were stopped for a little bit and the smelt population grew so much everyone could feed themselves yes and that's the thing is we've actually talked about this before i think but our people and in general in general when we actually do things reasonable or in small amounts, we can actually, the environment's pretty resilient. Like uh, lobster fishermen are a really mm -hmm. good example. But even if, say, you took away all these big freighters and you replaced them with smaller shipping vessels, mm -hmm. you'd be able to get as much, if not more, fish because a lot of the fish goes to waste waiting in these big freighters to get counted. Yeah, most of it actually ends up rotting or getting crushed to a pulp to where they can't use it. But then switching it to smaller ships, the ship, the fish are able to do. Actually, are, they don't need to catch as many fish because you have more fish actually on the market. Yes. And then there's also going to be local fishmongers because that's kind of like it. Even though most of North America has local fish, either from the coasts or from the Great Lakes or from rivers, it almost never gets sold really in the local area. Yeah. And that's mostly because. It's not given to us as an option. That's another simple change is just let people actually buy local food. It's like it's become a thing that mm -hmm. just isn't allowed. It's yeah, there's, there's and yes, we understand there's different rules in different places, but some of these rules are set up in some places where say you have a 40 acre farm. You cannot sell to your local grocery store. It has to go to a completely different state, be run through processing to then come back. Yes. Which is just beyond foolish. Same with beef producers. Yes. It gets really weird, some of these rules. And it's all about, it's because it's about money first rather yeah. than being about people first. And it, again, this isn't not attacking capitalism because I'm a fan of fair, fair and open trade. Because there's other issues with other financial, political systems, whatever. Everything has its issues. And no matter how it works out, it's due to people putting money first. And if you think that's not the case, then say communism. Because right now I know capitalism is very unpopular. But co communism, communism is the thing. In communism, it only takes, say, three corrupt people to starve a nation. Yep. So there's issues there, too. Well, and here's the thing. Every, no matter what system people run under, it needs to be people first. That's the main thing. That is the main thing. And not just with propaganda and pretty words, the people come first. No, actually make the people come first. Because people will talk about the people come first to get into office. And then when they're actually in office, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Or businesses will talk about how important people are and then treat people like garbage. Yeah, like the we're like a family at this place. Now watch this diversity film. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how many people have actually had to sit through a diversity inclusion film, but I had to watch one recently, and I literally started cackling. It was so ridiculous. Yeah, be, well, yeah. Well, anyways, there's 
there's a lot of different things that can be done to make things better. Like, let's start phasing out plastic. Everybody's like, all the oil, all the oil that's being pumped. Here's the thing. 90% of that goes into plastics. And it doesn't, it doesn't res- go into gasoline or diesel fuel like what you've been told. 90% of it or more goes literally for plastics. Well, and that here's the thing is we've got microplastics in our gonads. All mm-hmm. of us. All of well, us. All of, yeah, because everybody's got gonads. Um, it's an interesting word. It's a fun word. Look it up. It's 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 a great <laughs> word. But most of the the oil that's pumped out of the out of the earth does not go for gasoline. It does not go for fuel. It does not go for heating or cooling, like they tell you. Almost all of it goes into making plastic. Over ninety percent, I believe. Yeah. In some cases, in some places, yes, well over ninety percent. So. Why not replace plastic with natural products? Like I don't know, we if we have a thriving, um, a thriving meat industry. There's a lot of bone, and, and uh, yes, they there's companies that grind up the bone and it gets used into bone meal and animal food and fertilizers and whatnot. But there's also a lot of it that goes to waste. We can make bone is pretty. You treat it; it can be shaped. It, it, bone is a wonderful material. We can make the uh, the frame for your computer monitor or the the frame for your cell phone well, out le- of bone the- or wood or metal. You also have things like leather or wool or things of that mm-hmm. nature that come out of this. And here's the thing is one of the worst things that plastic gets used for is our clothing because yes. it's directly affecting. And it's not just the plastic. It's also the cut of the clothing. Right. Because a lot of your synth- synthetic uh, materials have petroleum, petroleum in them. And, most people don't realize plastic comes from oil, a lot of your from crude oil. Um, a lot of your synthetic materials come from plastic. Crude oil is actually radioactive, which is also something a lot of people don't realize. Like the, your oil pipelines, they cannot go to a scrapyard. So if somebody gives you miles of oil oil pup pipeline, don't take it because now you're responsible for getting rid of radioactive material it cannot go to the scrapyard i don't know what it is that they do with it but it can't go to the scrapyard so if we want to get rid of oil uh, uh, so much of the oil drilling and only really think about how much less would be there would be if we actually only used oil for fuel gasoline diesel fuel to for shipping stuff and people we didn't pump the extra for plastic and in most areas in your neighborhoods you don't actually have to get in the car and drive 5 10 20 50 miles to go to the grocery store you can literally just go for a short 10 minute walk it's not even worth getting in your car to go that far so more people are walking that's less fuel being used we don't even need elect, uh, the electric vehicles, which is a whole other thing. They are not nearly as good as people want to pretend that they are. Oh, no, they're actually much worse. Yeah. And actually, here's another thing. It's actually been invented. This isn't some conspiracy theory nut job or whatever thing. Like People will try to meme it. They have invented multiple times an air pressure-powered car. Yes. I mean, people will bring up the, the water-powered car, and it does exist, but it costs more energy then it's worth. It does function though. But there there actually was 
an air-powered car. And how did it work? You had an air cylinder with your pressurized air in it, and there wasn't uh, an air pump. The guy hooked up the air pump, and there's a lot of technicalities to it, but he hooked up the air pump to the moving parts of the vehicle, so the axles and whatnot, which when when you're driving, it fills up one of the air cylinders, and then when that air cylinder is full, the engine kicks off. As soon as the second air tank gets empty, it would kick back on and fill up that one. And it was and there was an experimental version of it and it had some serious torque. It was burning the tires right off from the car like and I forget which car company it was bought it up and it, the entire idea disappeared. Which is it was that, on the, it was on the internet like ten years ago or something which, like that. Which is actually funny to me because honestly if the car company had bought it up and then used it Oh, yeah. Could you imagine? Like, they, they would basically, they would have destroyed Tesla because who wants to get something where they have yeah, to do How much cleaner can you get than compressed air? Yeah, it's ridiculous. And, but it's all these little things because profit and it came wasn't, It wasn't perfected yet. It wasn't perfected no. yet. But it was, it was really impressive because this, this was their downplay for why it wouldn't work. Well, he's using a gutted out minivan shell. So it's it's several hundred pounds lighter. You're telling me, I don't know, Chevy, Ford, Dodge, pick one. Couldn't have figured out a way to make it work for at least passenger vehicles. Sure, maybe not semis. Yeah, it may- might never be functional for semis. But then if all the passenger vehicles were run off from compressed air, how much does that change? Because you don't even have water as a byproduct. It's air in, air out. Well, and on top of that, you oil would oil and gas would it, it drop. It would so literally much. only need oil for um, lubrica- lubrication. Yes, and then without the plastics, with the air pressure powered passenger cars, all of a sudden oil is no longer that much of an issue. And here's the thing: is because the American dollar has been a petrodollar for so long, that's part of the reason they're freaking out about that. Yes, but uh, yeah. We're right there towards the end, so I I have so much more to say on this, but it would be a completely another podcast. Uh, podcast so multiples, actually. Multiples, yes. And, and so many different aspects in and out. I hope that we fired up your guys' imagination, and in some of your areas, you might be able to take advantage of some of these ideas. In others, um, it's something to work towards. But until then, yeah, I'm just going to say, guys, keep your chin up, stay strong. We're going to make it, and uh, see you guys next week. And the Lorekeeper is just going to say the entire point of this podcast and ethnic faith and all these things is about the people. If you put something before the people, then it's probably a just a messy, if not tr- straight-up bad idea. And with that, the Lorekeeper is going to go out and